BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yo, welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence. Thanks so much for hanging out and listening to the episode and clicking on this particular episode. House of L, when it started five years ago, we talked a lot about media. Like that's kind of the whole idea is that we talk with people in media about how they do their thing and learn a little bit more about the business. I mean, I'm learning. Hopefully, you're learning stuff, too, from the people that I bring onto the podcast. And I also like to share kind of my journey inside this business, too, whether it's Layla and I talking about being laid off and what that was like. And if you wanted to get more in-depth, that's just a few episodes back, so you can just scroll through and you can – the the two years and two months episode is Layla and I discussing the business from our perspectives. And it's good to get a different perspective on the business occasionally to talk about stuff that goes on and stuff that happens to her doesn't necessarily happen to me and vice versa. I like to share when it comes to cool stuff. And I've been so encouraged by the way people have reacted to the interview that I did with Brandon Marshall and Cam Newton that I went to the bosses at NBC. I, I texted my boss, John Shipman. I said, look, man, this is getting a lot of run. The, 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 the clip that I put on Twitter, which could only be like 90 seconds or so, cause I'm, I'm not paying for that. It's been viewed like 150,000 times at the time that I'm recording the podcast. And it's been good. I, I enjoyed it. I wanted to give you a little bit more of the background of the experience. Oh, oh wait. Hold on. So I asked I asked Ship if I could use the audio from Football Night in Chicago. And he said, yeah. So that's what you're going to hear in a little bit. You'll hear that interview if you didn't get a chance to hear it. But I wanted to, to share what the experience like because to me, the experience was even cooler than the actual interview. Now, ordinarily, when I host Football Night in Chicago, Monday is kind of my designated day. We, we call it the day after, and I'm usually in there on Mondays breaking stuff down. I kind of now have an idea of what that schedule is like when the Bears play on a Sunday. Usually Dave Wanstead and I will go through some stuff, 
we'll have another guest that I usually do a Zoom with a little bit before the show starts because you you never want to do a lot of live Zooms because <laughs> setting them up, sometimes people's internet crash, all that good stuff. So we, we record a lot of stuff. And I noticed on Monday, I was like, I felt like I wasn't on the schedule. I was like, am I on the schedule? Because I hadn't heard from my producer usually either the night before or the morning of, like early. Like as I'm leaving to go head out to the score, my producer, Anthony, who's a really sharp, sharp, I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to call him kid. And I guess to me he is technically, but um, he's a sharp dude and I really like working with him. He said, hey, this is what you got today. We're going to have Brandon Marshall and Cam Newton. And I'm sitting there like, what? Like, in studio? That's what I was texting him. And he said, yeah, they're going to be in studio. They've, they've got a new venture called I Am Iconic, and they're going on tour. And Chicago is one of the places that they they started. And they had a city winery. They got together and did a live recording of the, the podcast. It's really cool and dynamic. I love to see people moving the genre a little bit, and I like that this is a space where people who played the game can talk about it without being uh, encumbered by someone like me. I joked with Brandon about that, too, on the show. And Brandon and I, if you didn't know, we used to host sports Sunday together on channel five and it was a lot of fun and it was an experience and I don't think that B Marsh would be I think I could tell some stories about it without him being bent out of shape about it but we we had a lot of fun and it was his first like real venture into doing television and so he was nervous like that was something he was nervous and he would tell me when he was struggling on a day where he was struggling he would say, hey, you might have to carry me today. And I told him, like, don't worry about it. We're going we're gonna to be fine because I always believe that we're going to be fine. That we have more than enough to do what we need to do. So it was fun. There was some experiment, experiment, experimentation that went on, too. Jeff Glick, who was the producer over at Channel 5 back then, uh, he was doing all sorts of stuff to try to, to make it look good. And at one point, the director put me on a box because I'm so much shorter than Brandon. I didn't like that very much. It also didn't allow for me to move, which made things look really weird. I'm I'm 5'9". Like, I'm not, like, little. But if you stand next to a professional athlete, most of the time you're going to look small, and that's okay. I actually think that that helps to tell the story of how incredible it is when – you you see someone like Brandon Marshall, and I think there was an episode. There was one of the Sports Sundays we did where Elena Deladon was there. I'm gonna stand on a box next to Elena Deladon. We all know she's a lot taller than me. I think her and Brandon are the same height. She might even be a little taller. Anyway, those were fun times, and it was good to connect with B. And he he was very gracious in in saying that. He said to me that he appreciated that I helped like launch his career, which I I didn't even really think about that way. I felt like we were just, you know, two guys that were talking sports. But now that I now that he said that and he kind of explained that 
now he's doing all this stuff, and he he doesn't necessarily even need someone like me. He he understands how to host the show himself now from all the things that he did with I Am Athlete, like that sort of stuff. So it was cool to reconnect with him. And I just want to give you, before we get to the, the, the meat of the interview, the thing that I know that you are concerned with if you're a, if, if you're a, a fan of the Chicago Bears, I just want to set the scene for you a little bit. This was wild. So they were scheduled to be there at 6 o'clock. I figured they probably wouldn't be there because NBC Sports Chicago is kind of tucked away. You know, ABC7 is right there on State Street. Everyone can see it. You can even see inside the studio. NBC5 is in NBC Tower. And I think eventually everyone will be connected over there, but I don't know that for sure. NBC Sports Chicago is on the west side of Merchandise Mart, right on the river over there at the Holiday Inn. So it's difficult like you would you wouldn't even know it was in the building that it's in if you just walked into the lobby it would be hard to find it so i figured that they weren't going to find it and one of the things i said to coach wanstack is he was there is like i bet they go to the tower because that's where we used to do sports sunday and brandon used to live across the street. So the Bears would get back from wherever they're playing, and Sports Sunday was usually after Sunday Night Football. So it'd be 11 o'clock or whatever before we get on the air, 11.15, sometimes sometimes 11.30. He would, he would walk from across, he'd change clothes, walk from across the street, and then we'd do the thing. So I was like, man, I bet they're over there. So we had contingency plans that were in the mix, and the plan was that Coach and I were going to do, like, one of our usual segments that we do until those guys showed up. And that's what ended up happening. And then the other part was Ruthie and I and Coach were going to do a segment together if they just completely blew it off. And the weird thing is that Ruthie and I have not worked together yet. We know each other. We like each other. We just haven't had the chance to, like, interact on the air so I was like oh okay and so I I I said before the show because Joe ended up producing the show uh because Anthony was working on the the football after show and I told him I said no matter what happens like we have enough we have enough coach and I know how to do a show together and I'm sure if you add in Ruthie's voice to it it's going to be great so we were ready and then we're in the middle of the segment. Coach and I are doing our thing. I, I wear an earpiece, an IFB, so I can listen to the director and so I can listen to the producer. If they want me to move on to a different subject or they want to give me a piece of information as we're talking, so sometimes it can be a little much. This happens in radio, too. Like, my producers can talk to me while Dan is talking or while I'm talking, it can be a little dangerous. That's that's where you get the I am Ron Burgundy type stuff. Because sometimes you say what they say. It's just blah. But in my ear while we're doing the, the segment with Coach, my producer Joe is like, okay, they're here. So, you know, wrap it up, wrap it up. But it takes a while to get people in 
let them get settled and to mic them up. So it was like, stretch, 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 stretch the segment. So Dave and I, like, we stretched the segment, and then they said, all right, you can go to break, and then you can promote that they're going to be on. So they come in. They walk into the studio. They have a whole bunch of people that are with them because they're documenting this for the I Am Iconic thing. And it was fun. Like, it was... It was a very different type of atmosphere because they had a group of folks that were there watching the entire segment from behind the cameras. Coach is there because he was there as our contingency. Ruthie's there because she was there as our contingency. They're watching all this stuff go on. The guys from the after show are popping up. Like Alex usually gets there pretty early. So he was there. He knows Cam, and obviously he knows Brandon Marshall from Brandon's time here. So he's over there, and I even was busting his balls and referencing him during the, the segment. Usually, like for the segment that Coach, to give you some perspective, for the segment that Coach and I did, there are four people watching, and that's our crew. And NBC Sports Chicago has an amazing crew. They take such good care of me. They make me not look stupid all of the time. Ordinarily, there's those four people in the room, and that's it. The producers are in a control room. I'm listening to them on the headset. Other producers are working on whatever, you know, if they're working on Hawks pre or Bulls pre. You know, Jason and, and Kendall and Will are usually in the bullpen and all the, that stuff, that activity is outside of the studio. This was all going on inside the studio, and there were, I, I would say there were probably 15, 20 people in the studio while this interview was taking place. And that's a different type of pressure. This is now, now this is a live audience that we're talking about for this. So I dap up with Brandon. He gives me a big old hug and he's like, dude. And I'm like, dude. So I meet Cam, I dap him up. I never, I had spoken to Cam in press conferences. Like I've asked him, I think two questions. But I have never met him. He is, <laughs> you know I'm a big comic book guy, right? Cam Newton looks like someone drew him up in a comic book. Like the Superman stuff, like when you see, it's one thing to see him on television. Even in that, like in the context of he's standing next to actual football players on the field, and you go, wow, that dude's a big dude. Seeing him in person is a different experience. And I'm sitting there going, wow, like you really do see the difference between what I would call, I, I, I'm a normal-sized person. Like I'm, I'm about as regular as it gets. I'm 5'9", and I'm 185 pounds. And then you see Cam Newton, and you go, oh, that's what it looks like when you're tall and you're in shape. There was a point where he was talking with Alex Brown and Brandon Marshall the three of those guys were standing in like a triangle. And you look over, when you have to remember, Alex Brown is in the top five. I think he's number four all time in sacks and Bears history. Brandon Marshall was one of the most imposing physical specimens at wide receiver in the time that he played. And Cam Newton makes both those dudes look small. It's incredible. So they sat down. We did the interview, which you'll hear in a minute. It was really, really fun. 
It was a great experience. And then we had to tighten up. It's a live show. We have things timed out. So it wasn't like in radio, we could have just kept going. But in television, that's not the case. Like, we've got to be off the air at 6.30. we got to be off the air at 6.30. Those guys were on for, I think it was 11 minutes total. And it was a great 11 minutes. I love some of the stuff that they, they said. And like I said, I'm going to share some of that with you in just a little bit. But I wanted you to be able to see the picture, like the entire picture of this. At one point, after it's all said and done, now I've got Wani, Alex, and Lance in one part of the building. I've got Cam and Brandon in another part of the building. Like, the whole thing is absolutely wild. And it was great. What was really cool about this to me, Cam is clearly like a star. Like, he's a star's star. Layla had said something to me today where she said, you know, it feels like he's the type of guy that no matter what he would have chosen to do, he would have been a star. And I agree with her on that. You can see it. Like you can, you can see the charisma and why people would follow him. They could have easily done the interview, said thank you, and walked off. They didn't. They stuck around for 30 minutes. They were having such a good time hanging out. And shout out to the producers and the crew at NBC Sports Chicago. They know how to deal with stars. Like, they're not asking for autographs. They're not doing any of that. They were just talking. And I was talking with Cam's team about how much I love Chicago. And I'm sure I was boring them about the history of Chicago and the 77 neighborhoods. And And it was great. Seeing... Our producers, our crew interact with those guys and it genuinely like be not feel forced. Like the guys didn't feel like they had to be like nice. Like they were just in a room where there was like a good vibe and people were just talking. They're telling stories. Alex is telling stories. Wani's telling stories. I got to see how slick Wani is too. I was joking about this on the air. Wani, you can see why he was a good recruiter because that code switch, ooh-wee, that code switch was on point. He's already like a super likable guy, but seeing him code switch made me very happy. So you're seeing all of this stuff, and then the only reason that, that we ended up having to move everybody on is not because of them. We had another show to do. We had to do our pregame show at 7 o'clock. So... Our floor director was like, guys, we got to do another show so everyone's got to leave. And that's how it ended up. But it was really great. So I want to I wanna thank B and Cam for what I thought was a really wonderful time. And I wish them a lot of luck on their new venture. I'm glad that there are more athletes that are creating spaces for themselves. And I'm sure that this thing with these two, it's not, it's, it's not just going to be sports and football like both of them have diverse interests that go outside of that and I'm sure that they're going to discuss all of those things which is great so I commend them for what they're doing with the I am iconic tour
Okay. When we come back, I want to share the interview with you. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, I pulled the most pertinent parts, the stuff that really matters to you, the Bears fan, and I'll let you hear it next. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When an interview like this comes up, I always have stuff that's on my mind. My producer and I had worked through and they had thrown into the prompter different areas in which we could go. I don't like my questions scripted, but I don't mind the script being, here's the subject matter, go. And I can formulate my own question. Because everything was kind of sped up, it wasn't like sitting down at the beginning of the show. It's sitting down in the middle of it, and you're like, okay, I have to get to the most important stuff here without the guest feeling rushed, allowing them to promote their stuff. You, you want to make sure that you're doing all of the right things. So shout out to the crew, again, the producers, the director, for following, being comfortable following me. Like That's something in television that you have to, because there's a vi- visual element to it. It's not just the three of us sitting down. We're sitting down in front of a giant screen, and they want to make sure that the stuff that's going on in the back corresponds to the stuff that we're talking about. And I thought that they did an incredible job of it. This is an audio medium. So I'm sharing a a television, a linear television interview in an audio medium because I think it's that good. But I wanted to, to, to shout out everyone over there at NBC Sports Chicago because I thought that in, in something that could have been a disaster because it's like a hockey line change and we're doing stuff on the fly, I thought everyone got an A. Everyone that worked on this from getting it scheduled to prepping for it to the crew being able to mic those guys up and getting them onto the set. And I'll even, I, I'll, I don't usually do this, but I'll even give myself an A because I thought the the interview went smoothly and that's what I wanted I wanted people who were watching to enjoy it I wanted those guys to enjoy the interview I didn't I don't want them walking in and then walking out being like this is some rinky dink type operation I thought that we looked like if if this wasn't based in Chicago it looked like an incredible big time staged national interview And that's also a credit to Cam and and B because they like brought it and they were ready and they knew some of the stuff that I was going to talk about. And with Cam Newton being there, I I thought it made a lot of sense to talk about Justin Fields because who better to talk about the experience of what Justin Fields is going through than Cam Newton. And there was a part of it right at the beginning that I didn't know. 
which we'll get to in just a second. But I just wanted to paint the picture for you and let you know what was going on. If you were wondering what people think about Justin Fields, Cam Newton and Brandon Marshall do a really good job of talking about some of the challenges and some of the things that Bears fans themselves have wondered about this and how it can work and maybe why it doesn't work sometimes. So, this is Brandon Marshall. This is Cam Newton talking about Justin Fields. So Justin played on my 707 All-Star team and was trying to get Justin uh, uh, to come, you know, be a guest on uh, the City Winery event. Uh, I am iconic <laughs> tour, but, you know, it's, it's, it's troubling sometimes to kind of talk about something that you kind of went through yourself. And I know he's not at liberty to kind of speak how he wants to because, you know, you have to be, quote, unquote, you know, professional. professional. Mm -hmm. But um, I think a lot of what he's, how he's playing, he's thinking too much, right? I think when you have a dynamic quarterback like this, it's the K-I-S-S approach. Mm. Keep it super simple and let him do the rest. When I had my best years in football, that was the premise. It wasn't the complex and checks and mic IDs and hold on, the safety's roll, this is the shade technique, a potential nickel off the slot, but the, the safety's cap, right? <sighs> Keep it simple, right? And allow that quarterback to, you know, make your life easy as a play caller. I'm not taking shots at nobody calling the plays or the coaches. I think at times Justin seems to be thinking way too much and with a talent and skill set that he has, he is an elite talent, but it's up to the coaches to get that up out of him in a, in a way that he feels comfortable. Well, he, he said it too, though, like, he, you know, and that's what I hate about, that's why I love what we're doing in this space as athletes, right? Because Justin comes out and he shares those thoughts like, hey, we're doing too much, they're throwing too much at me. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. And then the, the Chicago Bears bring him back in the locker room, say you got to have another press conference to apologize, right? You know, this is where I come in. I get used to mm -hmm. get in trouble a little bit because I'd be too outspoken. But then he has to apologize for saying the, the truth, right? And then what happens after that? 400 yards, 300 yards, 200 yards, amazing, right? 130 uh, uh, quarterback rating. And then he gets hurt, and then he comes back, and they should have won last game, right? So the, when I look at it, it's maybe he was right. Maybe it is the coaching. Now, he can't say that what Cam is saying, but there, I came to it. This is my first time back uh, the opening day, September, when they played against the Packers. And I walked on the field, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this kid has it. He can do everything magical. And so hopefully they figure it out um, because he is special. And I love Justin Fields. Love. But I think, too, when are we going to start holding coaches accountable for, for them potentially being the issue? Right? This is the NFL. You got kids from Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Auburn, Georgia, Florida State, Miami. UCF. UCF. <laughs> We'll, we'll settle for UCF, uh, but we'll take them too. We'll, we could take a kicker or two from there. This is so. what you're going to get at City Winery. Go to City Winery right now and get the tickets. But, you know, it's so, it's so hard for players to hold a franchise, um, you know, people uh, uh, accountable for certain things. It's okay for a player to say, Coach, hey, this is a little too complex for me. When you go public and you speak your mind, 
I think, you know, that's when you're you're labeled something that you're not. And I think um, he could never say it, and 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 I will always challenge that status quo. Uh, but he is good enough to be a dynamic player in this league, without a doubt. Brandon used to get mad every now and again. I would throw a big word at him. I used to deal with this with Alex Brown, too. Uh, so, Alex, be prepared. I'm about to throw a big word at Cam, but I trust Cam. Um, I find a lot of coaches to be a little too dogmatic mm. when it comes to what their scheme is. Like, you have to work yeah. within their scheme instead yeah. of them right. wanting to work with the players. How did, how did you guys deal with that as players? You know, it's, it's coaching is not another word but a teacher. And certain teaching moments have, you know, happen naturally as parents. So as a coach, as a coach, when you're talking to your player, it's, it's, it has a lot of similarities to a, a, a father or a mother talking to his son or his daughter. When your son or your daughter, you say, Mama, this is too spicy. You know, Mom, I don't want to eat this X, Y, Z. Now... It's up to the parent to, you know, still, hey, you still got to eat your fruits and vegetables, but maybe your fruit and vegetable may not be squash. It may be just broccoli, right? How can we, it's not always being right in any healthy relationship. It's all about compromise. And there's always dogmatic-like coaches who pick this dictatorship role and, uh, you know, put, put the players in the position where it's like, Okay, we're having a sit-down meeting. You're asking me my opinion about a certain play. I don't like it. I really don't like this player running this route, but I don't know what the connectivity is. There's so many different routes of, of how it can get complex and which suppresses the opinions of, of players. So. Mm. Mm. I mean, I always find that, like, the coaches that I thrived in and the type of coach that I would be if I ever coached, which I won't, I don't like the lifestyle, uh, mm -hmm. it's coaches that build around the talent, mm -hmm. right? It's not about the plays, it's about the players. And we learned this in Chicago when we had Jay Cutler, we had Coach Trussman, right? Uh, the year before, Lovey Smith, and we had Mike Tice as the offensive coordinator. Jay didn't like those plays. And I would sit there with Coach Lovey, like, Coach, you got to make a move because we, our defense is scoring two, three touchdowns a game, right? Just get Jay comfortable and we'll be able to thrive. But it was a certain way. Then the next year, we built around Jay. We start playing a little bit more efficient football. And so, like, that's the example for me. And I think that, you know, uh, the right coaches, the best coaches, uh, they build around their players and that just stick to the plays. So it was a really cool time with those guys. And I thought that they brought up some really interesting points about how this should go. And I'm so fascinated by the way – it seems like players, ex-players, have a different opinion of Justin Fields than the average fan does, and maybe even the, the offense coordinator of the Chicago Bears does. And I am now, like, that is now my obsession of why that is. Like, what are, what are people that are out on Justin Fields missing when they're evaluating him? versus the people who played the game, a lot of people that coached it. It's interesting to me. I don't have an answer for it. I have some theories, but I don't have an answer for it. So I'm going to keep looking for answers as it pertains to this. But I've already held you up too long. I hope that you enjoyed that. I really did, and 
and I, I really enjoyed the experience of that. Thanks to everyone over at NBC Sports Chicago, and thanks to John Shipman for allowing me to share this content with you. You can watch all of that show on the Football Night in Chicago YouTube page. You can check it out for yourself. See what it was like, that whole show. Dave Watson was also really good with the analysis. But I thought this was worthy of doing an episode of the pod, so I hope that you dug it. I appreciate you and your support of this show and all the other shows that pop up on House of L. I will talk to you next time. Peace.